0: Hello, listeners. My name is Jeremy Greer. I'm one of the hosts of Non-Human Biologics, the X-Files podcast you're about to hopefully listen to. And I wanted to give you a brief warning because Chris and I have a long legacy of creating uh, podcast themes based on popular music, and you're about to hear one of those, and it's about three minutes long. So I just want you to come into a brand new podcast and be like, where's the podcast? Why Why are people singing about files? Uh, but we spent a lot of work, a lot of time and a lot of energy, uh, with our friends creating this song. So we want to play the whole thing for you right at the beginning. Don't worry. Every other podcast will have a shortened version of the theme, uh, and then go right into that sweet, sweet content that you dearly love. Thanks for listening everybody. Enjoy. I'm Jeremy Greer.
1: I'm Chris Mosier.
0: And this is not human Biologics, the creepy but necessary podcast where we dig up all of the graves of your family looking for little gray men. And congratulations, listener, you've made it to the very first episode of this podcast. Chris, how are you today? I'm great. I'm
1: excited to talk about the X-Files. How we, are you?
0: I'm I'm really excited to talk about the X-Files. I was um, I was thinking earlier today that I'd... I have such a weird history with this show that it's it's going to be interesting to cover because I feel like I've, I've, I've I experienced the X-Files almost like through other people. Mm-hmm. I like, like I would go to my dad's house in the summer and visit and he would be like obsessively watching episodes or something. Like he would rent a videotape from Blackbuster. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, so that's like, like I've never really sat down and watched it point a to point b like from the start to the finish uh and i think before we get it like too far into this episode we probably need to be very clear with our listeners there's a chance we may not make it through the end of this <laughs> there is a chance
1: there is a small chance that we, we've covered the tv show supernatural and the tv show merlin supernatural was huge but that was our first thing mm-hmm. and it took us what four years five years something mm-hmm. like that i don't know mm-hmm. and then we did uh, merlin which was just a year in and out x files is a huge show and i we we are certainly determined to finish it, but there is a chance that we might just say, "Hey, we're going to take a break from this. Or we want to cover a different show instead." Uh, I don't think that's going to happen after like two seasons. I think that we're no, we're I probably going to so, ride either. it out for quite a long time. Um, but if we get into year three and we think, "Hey, let's take a break," then you know, full disclosure, I, um, we might do
0: that. <laughs> I'm pretty concerned about the quality of some of these episodes. Um, so I'm because I've saw some of the like later run, like when um, David Duchovny is no longer on the show. And um, some of that stuff like doesn't. I, f- I feel like that a lot of that is not going to be as appealing to us. Like I just mm-hmm. and maybe maybe it will prove me wrong. Maybe we will watch it and be like, actually, you know what? This is the best. You part. never know. You now never that know. now that Duchovny got his weird yeah. sexualized ass <laughs> out of here, we're we're into this. Um, but all of that is to say, like, we're going to be committed to doing this until we get tired of it. Essentially, mm-hmm. um, I want and I want to put that caveat out there because, like Chris said, it's a long show. Um, there's like seven or nine seasons. I can't remember off the top. Of my head now uh and then there's multiple movies i've seen a bunch of the movies and i really like them so i'm, I'm pretty excited to cover those like all in order too like we're gonna we're gonna yes, want to do that um but i will say watching the first episode uh was so much fun like i think the decision to cover the show out of a lot of the other shows that we could cover was a good one yeah, I'm,
1: I'm really looking forward to it. It fits the format of what we've done in the past. Uh, I'm a big X-Files fan, although I haven't seen the entire show. I've only seen about five seasons of this show. So there's still, there's uncharted territory for me. And um, I know you got into it a little bit, but do you have a, a, a sort of history with, with the X-Files? Like, what's your what's your basis here?
0: Well, that's, that's just basically what I said before, which is like yeah. um, watching it, Um, because it came out like I was in prime time age. Like this came out when I was around 13 years old. So it was airing during my teenage years, which I think is the best time for like this kind of conspiracy, conspiracy theory, um aliens are real kind of thing. But even at the time I remember being a little bit above aliens are real. I was like mm, Oh, okay. Probably right. not. starting to get like, to the cool the yeah, cool age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like I mean like maybe an X Man, but aliens absolutely not. Like not gonna happen. Um I
1: uh I was born in nineteen ninety. So I was a baby when this started. Sure. And my uh my dad and my older sister watched it. So I was I was exposed to it a few times. There's a particular episode that they told me to sit down and watch, and I watched it. And it ter- scared the shit out of me. I associated the X-Files theme song with being abducted by aliens. Perfect. A huge fear <laughs> of, of uh, child Chris. That was a huge fear. Um, so that was that was my sort of association with it. I had, I had seen you know episodes in syndication over the years, and then when I was in college, uh, I got super into it. And watched the five seasons that I mentioned. I was all in. I was like reading books and, and just I was fully an X-Files fan. Um the ringtone, my ringtone is the is the opening theme song it Still? has been for like 12 years yeah Today? I just never like changed. Right my, f- my ringtone's never on so no, it's just on vibrate
0: fantastic i love i did not know that going in and that's great yeah this
1: has been my yeah because i mean i never hear it so i'm like whatever for, anyway um, now pe- that
0: we've talked for five minutes well I, but, but, I think we have a little bit more admin to do real quick uh before for people that have never listened to us before if you're stumbling into this from itunes or from apple Podcasts, excuse me or spotify or wherever uh chris and i are are like you mentioned, we've covered supernatural. We've covered Merlin. Um, we, we like to discuss TV shows on an episode by episode basis. We're going to cover pretty much the entire plot. Um, depending on the episode, we may dig in really, really deeply and talk about like character motivations and things we like, things we don't like. Um, or we could just like start hollering at each other about weird jokes that we just can't stop laughing about. Um, so we're going to take, have a very humorous take on all this stuff at the same time. We're going to do our best by the characters as they are presented on the screen. Um, I'm just going to issue a general warning, uh, and this is from the early 90s. Uh, in this very first episode, there's some pretty egregious talk about um, people in comas and the way they refer to them as, quote-unquote, vegetables and things like yeah, that. Yeah, they double and triple down on that, too. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe that the double down. Um, but it's, it's – it's so we're not going to, like – spend a lot of time being preachy about that it's real easy to look at stuff like 30 years ago and be like i can't believe you said this stuff well at the same time like we're going to acknowledge it as it comes up and be like yeah you probably shouldn't say that now so if any of that stuff bugs you you should probably check out now because that's how we do business around here mm-hmm. um, we don't we don't we don't fuck around with with using the wrong language around people that uh, can't control it uh, also um <laughs> this is a little weird but i, I just i want to thank both the artist for our uh, artwork that you're probably seeing on your app of choice, as well as um, our, our musical people who have created uh, a, a delightful song for us. Um, and hopefully in the show notes, all of that will be leaked because we're <laughs> the magical world of podcast land and none of that is finished yet. <laughs> yes. Um, so I don't really want to talk about it, but um, yeah, that's, that's all. We really appreciate all of that hard work. You just listened to it. Like you've, you've heard the intro that I haven't even heard yet. So that's really <laughs> weird. All right, Chris, are you ready to get okay. into the first episode of X Files, or do we need do we need have anything else we need to discuss?
1: Let's dive in.
0: Okay, we're gonna. Um, I love the claim, the disclaimer here, right off the top. The, this following story is inspired by actual documented accounts. Um, oh, cool, perfect. The reason that this amuses me is because of the words documented accounts. Um, not that, saying that it's true at all, just that somebody somewhere wrote it down. And mm-hmm. I really, that really cracks mm-hmm. me up. Like I don't, it's, it's, it, you know, somebody somewhere interviewed a crazy person and we, and we, we read that and it was like, let's make a story out of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Perfect. Um, that's, that's what, uh, that's what UFO conspiracy is all about. It's just documented quote unquote accounts.
0: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we're going to start off in the woods where a young woman is stumbling through the dark. Uh, she kind of stumbles, and as she's doing, she's running through the woods. We see this bright light. We see this like windstorm picks up. Um, a a man walks towards her, and they're surrounded in this whirlwind. As he turns to this negative space color, and light fills the screen, and then we we cut. And we're in. We realize we are in Column National Forest in Northwest Oregon, where this young woman is now dead, uh, being looked at by the, the police. Um, interestingly, she has two dots on her lower back. Uh, and I would have sworn this dude was the sheriff for the most of this episode, but he is listed mm-hmm. as just Detective Miles. Uh, yeah. Det- Detective Miles is recognizes this um, as a as Karen Swinson, um, who is a who was a classmate of his son's. Um, and as he walks off, one of the like corner guys are like, "Is it is that the class of '89? Is it happening again?" And we yeah. so we, we get the idea like some weird shit is happening. Um, it's and-
1: happening again is such a great uh, hook for for really anything. Um, and, this and is I- an incredibly dense opening and an incredibly dense pilot, but they are just they've packed in a lot here.
0: They do, they do, and it's remarkable how much it re- reminds me of Twin Peaks nowadays. I don't think I, ever, yeah. I don't think I picked that up back in 1993, but right. here in 2023, Chris, I'm picking it up. Yeah,
1: um, definitely from you know, the same era, obviously. David Duchovny's in both, <laughs> so <laughs> True, a great yeah. crossover there. Um, but yeah, we, we cut from, from, this is our cold open, This is we've been introduced to to this, I mean, it looks like an alien abduction to me, but I don't know, something unexplainable. As a viewer in mm-hmm. 1993, you're sitting down thinking, well, that sure seems like aliens. an alien to me.
0: <laughs> yep, gotta be aliens. Uh,
1: and then we are back over at the FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C. Um, Agent Dana Scully, has arrived i thought this at first was like her first day at work but no she's been in the fbi for two years i believe Mm -hmm. um but she has just been kind of called over on assignment um to the pentagon um which i believe is where they are (laughs)
0: Um. they're they're at (laughs) fbi headquarters um we're gonna find out that that at the pentagon (laughs) one of the dudes later is working at the pentagon we're gonna find that at the (laughs) end of the episode so they're not i don't think the fbi works at the pentagon Um, I will say most of my knowledge about the Pentagon is um, strictly from Mission Impossible 1, where they break into it. Oh, sure, 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 (laughs) sure. Could be (laughs) wrong. So take take or leave that information. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: But yeah, so she's arising her first day
1: um she's here for like a semi-interview sort of to like figure out like hey this is why we asked you to come in here and now this is what we want you to do so she goes into this office notably you'll see the smoking man standing in the background of the scene and he kind of just walks around doesn't say anything um i guess it's a mild spoiler is that this this figure the smoking man cigarette smoking man whatever he's called um he shows up Quite often in the Mm X-Files and from my understanding that was not planned from the beginning. It was just they had this this actor who looked great smoking a cigarette. He had this kind of ominous vibe about him. So they thought let's keep bringing this guy back. Just like Castiel. Um, Exactly. Um Yes, yeah, so we learned about we learned about Agent Scully here. We learned that she went to medical school, but instead of becoming uh, a, a traditional medical doctor, she pursued a, a career in the FBI as a way to distinguish herself. Um, yes. and through and, and she certainly has. And now the conversation turns to, okay, this is why we brought you here. Have you ever heard of this guy named Fox Mulder? She says yes, yeah, she knows him by reputation. Um, she does all of the um, the pilot info dumping that we need you know oh, yeah. he went to he was, he's oxford educated and he he wrote a uh, a dissertation about serial killers and the occult and he's an at the top analyst in violent crimes unit all this stuff but he's also known as spooky molder spooky molder um, and they tell her yeah that's all right and he has this. Fox Mulder has become obsessed with something called the X Files. Um, it's in. It's essentially their their files about unexplained phenomena, and they want Scully to go down and work with Mulder and essentially write reports. On him, And she figures out, okay, so you want me to go and work with this guy so that I can debunk his claims. You know, he's got this entire uh, department to himself. It's a waste of money. He's looking into things that maybe he should be looking into. Uh, and we want you to go down there and we want you to, you know, see if there's anything legit going on here.
0: Yes um they don't admit to this they're like you know we just want you to to, to write about what's happening kind of thing yeah. um and then she it's funny that they
1: don't admit to it and scully isn't really commenting on that but the second that she talks to Mulder about it he's like yeah <laughs> Absolutely. this is what they're that's, doing yeah
0: that's you're a part <laughs> of this agenda uh she leaves her her division chief's office to go down to meet Mulder uh, in this like uh, basement kind of area. Um, as she as she goes into the office, um, it, it's very clear upfront that Mulder is kind of like this sarcastic. Um, go along to get along dude but has a really intense persona Um, so Mm -hmm. the very first thing that happens is she knocks and she's like nobody down here but at the fbi's most unwanted Um, and as she goes inside the office she sees pictures and posters everywhere there's the classic i want to believe poster on the wall Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. there's all of these like weird pictures that i think we've come now to associate with like alien abductions and at the time just felt like a bunch of weird pictures of weird stuff happening, yeah, right? You
1: couldn't just Google stuff back then, so um, Google didn't exist in this, 1993. Yeah. yeah, whether this stuff is real or it was just made for, um, for the show, it's still. I imagine that there is a novelty to like being able to see this stuff, and, yeah. and there's a novelty to somebody who has access to that stuff. Um, there's an interest there, and I think that the way these two are presented to each other and to the audience is really, really great. I feel like we get such a good sense of who these two are Mm -hmm. in these first just handful of conversations.
0: Absolutely. Uh, And because you kind of expect him with the a little bit of the, you know, kind of the the handsome man, handsome young man working for the FBI, super smart. You kind of expect him to be, like, a little unprepared. Uh, but very quickly we realize like, he has researched a lot about Dana Scully. He's even read her senior thesis on Einstein. Um, and he compliments her, saying, you know, it's pretty bold work to, to you know, rewrite some of Einstein's theories. And, uh, and he actually read the whole thing. Uh, and he, as you mentioned, kind of says, like, oh, I know what you're here to do, uh, but what I really want you to do is give me your opinion on this. Um, And he shuts off the light, opens up a projector. One of the things I'm going to keep commenting on as we go on this podcast, because of the year this came out, because of how old it is, is how much I love the 90s technology. Like, there's there's no cell phones. Like, they're not opening up a computer laptop, and, like, there's no you don't have like the CSI 18 screens on the wall kind of thing. Like he's literally opening up a chunky projector and yeah. putting a slide in it. I love all of this stuff. It's uh, fantastic.
1: It's fantastic. And it's it just, there's something, I mean, the tactile nature of this t- type of technology always kind of has a charm to it. Certainly at the time it wasn't very charming. It was just reality. But looking back now, I don't know it, it just adds this weight to everything that they're doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he just immediately, I don't know. There's something about the way that he dives straight in. Obviously he's passionate about, what he's researching um, Intensely passionate about what he's researching He also is aware that everybody Thinks that what he's researching is a little bit Ridiculous but there's just something about I i think he kind of immediately Has a respect for Scully he did Research on her he read her thesis And he he has a respect for her yeah. So but he's The way that he just presents things is, is Interesting he's like okay well I'm not going to Beat around the bush I'm just going to show you this I don't have an explanation for this I think It's strange and I want us to look into this
0: and, you know, he immediately asks her, like, can you ID these marks? And so she's like, well, and she kind of goes into her analysis mode. And I think one of the things that I, really struck me about this is that throughout the episode, a lot of, like, the science jargon stuff never really felt like jargon. It didn't feel like people just r- pulling shit out of the mid- out of midair to, to write this stuff. Like, it actually felt like there was some, like, they, they did some work on writing some of the dialogue. So she's mm-hmm. like, well, this could be, like, an animal bite or it could be this or that. And, she's, and he shows her some chemistry slides which confuses her because she doesn't really know what it is, which is unusual. And he's like, this is what's found, you know, around these victims, which has shown up in multiple places. Um, and, you know, he took on this case because the FBI didn't want to investigate it. And he kind of even makes a joke as she's like, well, this has got to be something. And he's like, do you believe in extraterrestrials? Like he kind of says yeah. it in a very sarcastic slant. And Scully just says like, Hey, I, I believe in that science can explain most things. Like if, if, And Mulder kind of counteracts that. Well, if science can't explain everything, or if we're unable to explain everything with science, can't we explain it with fantastic reasons instead? And, of course, Scully is very much in the, you know, there's nothing beyond science. We just need to know where to look. Uh, And Mulder responds to that with a very funny, that's why they put the I in FBI. Yeah. very good stuff. I, like this, this initial yeah. meetup, like you said, like really just absolutely tells you exactly who these characters are, how they're going to interact with each other, the weird tension, but also like the mutual respect they have from one another. All very good stuff.
1: I, I think like when we think about the X Files, you know, I hadn't watched it in a long time prior to doing the podcast, and you sort of get this idea in your head, like yeah, there's this sort of will they won't they tension, maybe, but there's also the just like extremely black and white difference of opinion on everything. Where he's always saying it's aliens, and she's always saying no, it's not, it's science. But I think that there is a a there's more going on to it. There's more nuance to the way that they're both looking at things here that makes for a really interesting dynamic with them. Yeah. Um, and she is always willing to hear him out in a way that it doesn't. It, it, it removes some of that sort of confrontation. But I also think that there's this sort of like playful debate about a lot of the stuff that they look into. They're both extremely smart people, very friendly with one another. And there is almost this debate of ideas of like, okay, let's let's who can who can come up with a better hypothesis of what's going on here yeah um and i know things change as as time goes on a little bit but it's moulder isn't always just throwing out a ridiculous theory and then expecting her to roll with it um especially not in this this first episode like yes he is saying some things that seem totally illogical but he is trying to ground them in reality yes. and for scully's part she is willing to give him the benefit of the doubt and be like okay well let's let's pursue that idea and look for evidence for those ideas uh, while also doing a good job of, of counteracting everything
0: he says um it's probably something we should mention too for those not, that are not familiar with the show uh one of the reasons that's this, this the whole series kind of struck a chord with us and that we thought would be good to record this because it shares something with Merlin and Supernatural and that we're going to see these quote unquote monster of the week episodes. Uh, and then we're going to have this kind of overarching plot that's going to last for years and years and years and through the movies and everything like that. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more of that as we get to it, because we're going to have the first seeds of that developed in this episode. But that's one of the reasons that I'm drawn to doing this because I'm really curious um, how all of that stuff holds up after, after yeah. it's been so long. They jump on a plane to head to Oregon. Uh, The most notable thing here is that uh, Scully is doing her homework and sees Doctor Newman's name on some of the um, autopsies that were done on several of the victims. Because there's been, I believe, four victims. Four victims. This is the
1: fourth victim. The first three had the same person uh, as the medical examiner, and now Mm -hmm. this this fourth one had somebody different. And now they finally caught wind of this story on a broader scale. I think Mulder was already kind of aware of what was going on, but uh, this is now it's really become uh, a, a come to their attention and also there's turbulence for some reason here and uh, Mulder is totally relaxed this, and doesn't this care must at all be the place <laughs> I yeah <love> it.
0: <laughs> uh they drive out to this cute uh you know northwestern town um in their in their shitty little runner car uh and scully kind of asked about the previous investigation uh, and finds out that Mulder already knew that the FBI, FBI had investigated this and didn't make it very far. Um, and Scully points out exactly that. Like, oh, these first victims, th- there was no marks mentioned in any of the reports, but this last one there is, and this one doctor didn't do it. Um, and it's right then that something weird starts to happen. Uh, the radio in the car starts kind of bugging out. The volume yeah, goes up. Yeah, it's got too so many sunflower static. seeds jammed into it. <laughs> I cannot, I hope the sunflower seed isn't a... I don't remember it being a consistent thing throughout I can't remember if it's a
1: bit or not that he
0: does, but man, I, 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 oh. I... It just it just drives me up the wall seeing him throughout his fucking sunflower seeds every, every 10 minutes. he's in the minutes. dugout, dude. Like, what are you doing, my man? Like, this is a graveyard. Like, don't just yeah. throw your seeds <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> just
1: tossing them everywhere. It's just so it's gross.
0: Uh, but yeah, he... this the, the truck starts going a little... Or excuse me, the car starts going a little haywire. So he pulls over, runs to the trunk, uh, moves some suitcases around, grabs a spray can, and marks the road with a big X. Uh, And Scully is like, what are you doing, my dude? And Mulder is just like. He's very serious about this. Don't don't worry about it at all. Um, They drive right up to the graveyard. Uh, They also talk about how Mulder is exhuming the previous bodies, um, the bodies of the previous victims, excuse me, to see what they can find. Um, They pull up to the graveyard. They meet the coroner's office people. uh, But then immediately they're approached by Dr. Newman, Uh or Niman, uh excuse me. I can't read his name without saying Newman for some reason.
1: Yeah, it's Uh, tough it's tough to remember um all these names when obviously we're taking notes and everything, but you mm -hmm. know, like you know it's not gonna matter. We've been through this so many times in so many shows where we take extensive notes on on things that absolutely don't matter and never get mentioned again. So you never really know. Like, should I learn how to pronounce his name? uh, Probably not
0: uh <laughs> dr netman is very defensive he's like you can't believe you people can just come in here and do this um meanwhile his daughter is begging him like to go back in the truck and please just come yeah. home and he's like um, what
1: are you accusing me of and they're like i feel like at first almost they're like we're totally not accusing you of anything <laughs> like chill out man and then he gets even more mad and now they're like okay obviously obviously you did something fucked up
0: <laughs> one of the things that i, I love about uh, this show, but also just like shows about our media about the FBI in general, is like everybody in the world agrees that most FBI people are absolute dickheads. Yeah, um, and you see that like because they are like the FBI as a organization has always been like we're gonna pick the smartest, the most athletic uh, people to be in our organization. So like there's that like chip on their shoulder of like we have proven ourselves to be above the general masses, and now we have been selected by the government to enforce these laws above anything you know local. Or whatever, um, and the way that's presented here is Dr. Niman like kind of being like, "Well, if you're if you're making you know if you're gonna make allegations," and Scully being like, "We're not making any allegations at all. We're not alleging yeah. anything." Like they're yeah. both just yeah. like very kind of condescending, and I just like that a whole lot. Like I like mm-hmm. I like the fact that they're dicks um, a whole right. bunch. Um, Um,
1: Yeah, (laughs) this this scene proceeds to go as well as everything else has gone so far.
0: Yeah, we we get some information about the third victim, which doesn't really matter that much to the overall story. But uh, the big thing that happens is that as they're lifting the coffin out of the grave, uh, it comes loose and the coffin stumbles like it's a fucking I think you should leave skit down the hill. Uh, into a gravestone uh, and pops open and revealing this extremely strange corpse. Yeah, uh, one of those other
1: dude, dude, the dudes there being like, "This isn't protocol." and was like, "Yeah, no fucking no shit. shit. It's <laughs> not
0: protocol." <laughs> uh, this is a very weird body. This is like the classic, like little little gray man kind of thing. This is yeah. like an e. super T, weird body. Almost.
1: Um, horrible incident just occurred where a grave, uh, a coffin. Fell down a hill, smashed into another grave, popped open. Like this is this is disturbing on so many levels and inappropriate on so many levels. And then Mulder makes a joke about this dude being short, not being able to play on the basketball team, and you're just like Mulder,
0: Mulder. Now not, it's t- not
1: the first of all, you just spit sunflower seeds into the coffin. Second of all, enough with the jokes. Not man. the time and
0: place, man. Not the time and place at all. Uh, we skip to the, the lab, for lack of a better word, uh, yeah. and Mulder is obviously extremely excited about this corpse. He immediately jumps to the conclusion that it's extraterrestrial in origin. He's taking pictures with a very old school camera with a gigantic flash on it, which is annoying. Scully yeah. who was in her lab coat because doing Scully fucking... was
1: like Mulder, you can't assume anybody who's weird looking is an alien <laughs>
0: yeah, that's not that's not how science works We don't do that <laughs> I know you're an English major guy but I'm science yeah. girl so I can yeah, yeah. I need I need you to understand my science uh Scully just immediately identifies that like uh, it's definitely not human um, and says that it could be mammalian, maybe some sort of orangutan. Uh, And Mulder is like... Mulder's
1: like mood for like 1.1 second when she says it's not human and he just starts to glow. And then she's like, I think it's an orangutan. And he's like,
0: fuck, I thought I had her. Um, He he orders a full battery of tests and x-rays. And Scully is like, I don't know why you would do that. Like, this is obviously like some sort of sick joke. Uh, And then as they like are... They don't, they don't even get to the bickering stage, but like you could tell like Scully, the, 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 t- the source of the tension is, as you mentioned this earlier, Mulder wanting to jump to the conclusion and Scully wanting to document every step to the conclusion, mm-hmm. right? Um, and... Before they can even really get too far down that path, Mulder just looks at her and it's like, "Hey, I'm not crazy. I have the same doubts you do." Like he wants to prove it as well. He just mm-hmm. thinks that they're working towards a goal. Um, as and I think to,
1: I think that this is an important line for him. Yeah. However much he even means it, but it's sort of it's like I have my same doubts. I don't assume everyone I encounter is an alien. However, <laughs> I like I need to pursue this. As if every lead is a, is an alien, or every lead is something strange. Every lead could bring me where I'm trying to go. Mm-hmm. I have to treat everything that way, or I will never get there. But please understand that I also doubt this stuff as well.
0: Um, we leave it from here and then jump to later that night, uh, where Scully is listening to her notes from the previous day, uh, or b- listening to her notes from that day and writing it up. Um. We're kind of introduced to this idea that when they did an an x-ray, they found this weird metal tube in this thing's nose, Mm -hmm. um, and they, they extracted it, so she has it uh Mulder knocks on the door he's so pent up and so excited about these discoveries that he's like I gotta go I gotta go run this off which is exactly how you know all FBI people are dickheads because like he's like I've got to yeah. go take a run in the middle of the night like who does that we don't who does that Dickheads. yeah yeah dickheads do that yeah. if you, and if you're you know a marathon runner or whatever listening to this on your marathon run like you're doing 12k right now dickhead I'm just gonna say dickhead. It, just dickhead, dickhead. sorry you're, you're fast fast athletic yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, take off all those weird stickers in the back of your car nobody cares <laughs>
1: i love that she scully is like absolutely not going with you dickhead um i'm far too tired to be worried about any of this right now so she's like he's like okay bye whatever heads out but i like that she does not actually go to bed she is way more invested in this than she's letting on
0: yeah the line she uses uh is is like he's like you know because he's excited about what they found and she says oh i'm you know I'm excited too. I'm just not losing any sleep about it. Uh, But then she goes and sits down and immediately like loses sleep about it. Like she's staring at this thing, wondering what the fuck it is um so they go because it to, may
1: not be aliens but it's a it's a puzzle that she hasn't been able to solve it's, yet
0: it's not aliens but it's something fucking weird like i'm not willing mm-hmm. to say that it's aliens but it's something fucking weird yeah um the third victim a guy named ray um was yeah, I remember, he's
1: the this is the body that they exhumed correct
0: uh they he had he had some mental issues so he uh went to this psych ward or psychiatrist center uh so they go to talk to his doctor uh, who doc-
1: confirms like oh yeah Ray Ray Soames yeah he was an orangutan
0: <laughs> oh yeah totally an orangutan body like he was just, just I don't know we tr- we treated him like anybody else because yeah. that's the kind
1: of town we are did okay? you
0: did you guys not look at the x-rays like it's pretty clear Agent from a from- yeah I thought from- it was pretty obvious that he was an orangutan <laughs> <laughs> he was just an orangutan like I thought he was just a really smart have you guys not seen any movies with orangutans like they're really smart now like I'm they not sure they have a bunch of
1: really nice photos from him yeah. and his time getting mm-hmm. treatment with the nurses you know he's sitting in the garden and like but he's yeah. just an a attack
0: <laughs> yeah that metal thing oh yeah so we could find him in case he wandered off it like we just needed to yeah. like that's that's a gps signal even though it's 1993 we don't They're quite like, have huh? that yet
1: but um but no but really so they talked to him and um he was being treated for for schizophrenia and there was a bunch of things that just sort of like developed after what we will later find out was one incident um but they, Mulder and Scully are just trying to find some connection between all of these victims. They were all in the same graduating class, which is already a connection, but there's got to be something more going on here. Um, and the doctor here reveals that, oh, I'm actually treating two more people from that same graduating class, Billy Miles and Peggy O'Dell. Um, they've been here for four years, um, and they pretty much they, they, they live here. They, they are permanent residents here. Um, so, of course, Mulder and Scully want to go and talk to them.
0: Uh, there's Billy Myers um, who is in some sort of a waking coma. And then there's uh, Peggy who we see, they say that they were both involved in some sort of car accidents. Peggy is reading to Billy as they comes in and as uh Mulder just like promptly interrupts what she's doing. She says like, Oh no, Billy wants me to read to him right now. Um, and Mulder has a little bit more conversation and then kinda of pulls back and asks the main doctor, Hey, can we do a like a like a, just a cursory medical exam for these two? And then Peggy begins to lose her fucking mind. Uh, she mm-hmm. kind of throws herself out of the wheelchair that she's sitting in. She begins tearing at her face. I don't know if she just like Opens her face with her fingernails, or if she like pulls out a tooth. Like, but her her hands come back bloody. Her face is bloody after she does it. Um, and during this like kerfuffle, uh, Mulder and Scully both spot that she has two dots on the back of her on the her lower back, just like the mm-hmm. previous victims did.
1: And you love to see that Mulder and Scully they just start like sharing a glance. I love when the two main leads share a glance. Oh, I
0: love it, dude. It's so so good. Uh, <laughs> but Scully is a little mad at this, uh, so she she kind of marches out. And, 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 tell Mulder, she's mad at Mulder for hiding information from her. Like, because like, how did you know that you were going to find that on the back? And, you know, I want the truth. You have to tell me the truth. And Mulder lays out his theory, uh, which it, I think, almost, I think almost every episode we can take a shot when this happens, which is his theories are just so far off the fucking beaten path that they either they're true or they're, or he's just a ridiculous person. And here he Mm -hmm. believes that they were all abducted. Um, and that like all of these kids were abducted, uh, by aliens, um, and when she's like, I just, I, I'm not just not willing to to go that far with you. He's like, Well, there's got to be an explanation. She's like, Yeah, of course there does. I'm just not willing yeah. to commit to aliens right now. Like, yeah. can we just go through and eliminate that's a, a big, lot of other it's stuff? It's a big
1: commitment early on. I'm not ready to jump to that. <laughs> she, I think she says she wants to know what those kids were doing out in the forest. Yeah, which I feel like that's a very. That's the next step in the investigation. Like they
0: need to fucking investigate. Uh,
1: Let's not just assume it was aliens. Let's just go and do some
0: research. So that night they go, we immediately find out that Mulder's compass is all jacked up. It's not working. Sign number fucking one that like weird shit is about. Um, Scully finds like some dirt and is like I'm going to keep this dirt uh, and then they both begin to hear these weird noises uh, and it's played up for obviously like spooks but it just turns out that this is Detective Miles um, we see like these bright lights which end up being his truck lights we hear these weird mechanical noises which are his terribly tuned Bronco four wheel drive um, and there the detective appears with a shotgun and threatens to arrest both of them for trespassing yeah. um, and it's kind of a tense moment and they both just kind of back down uh and they both get in their vehicles and then they drive away uh and on the way back it's like storming like crazy uh Mulder is like what did the fuck was the detective doing out there yeah. that doesn't make any sense scully's like look at my dirt isn't it cool dirt and he's yeah. like oh man you're a dirt chick oh, you got a pocket it. full of dirt you got a pocket full <laughs> of dirt that's some like hunter stuff and she's like what's a yeah. hunter in this context And he's, and he's like, he's like never mind it. i don't have time to get into this um she thinks that the kids are involved in some sort of cult and sacrifice thing which frankly i do too at this point like i think yeah. that's a much more likely thing and uh, it's,
1: that's a more reasonable conclusion to jump to than extraterrestrials mm-hmm. um as they're driving along Muller's seeing his like his compass is getting a little whacked out um and he keeps kind of checking the compass checking the the time checking his watch uh and then suddenly as they're driving along they're hit with this blinding white light and the car comes to a complete stop. They've lost power. And Mulder very quickly realizes they've also lost nine minutes. Um it's it was what, nine oh three when when the when he last checked his watch, the blinding light hits, then it's nine twelve. Um and he gets out of the car in the pouring rain and just cheers. He's so uh, excited about this. He's man. so excited, he's like, We just experienced something. And then he runs forward and he realizes that the X he spray painted earlier in the day or the day before uh, is on the pavement r- right ahead of where they were. Uh, and then he starts going off about how, you know, abductees have reported time loss. Um, this, this fits the bill of an alien abduction. This is something that we've seen before. Uh, and then the car just starts back up again. It's like whatever just happened is over now.
0: And, it, and this is all, like, really, really good. Like, this is all very mysterious and, like, draws you in, right? Like, I love this. I love the idea of this because even though all of Mulder's claims up to this point are pretty fucking ridiculous, at the very least, like, some weird shit is happening. So we, we're going to need an explanation for that. Um, we skip over to uh, them getting back to the hotel. Scully goes into her room and she begins to write her report on basically what her boss asked her to do, right? Like her take on everything that Mulder is doing. Um, And it sounds pretty negative. Like she can't validate any of these theories or any of these ideas. Like there's no scientific basis for them. Um, In the middle of this, the power cuts out. Um, So she decides that it's time to, just like most normal people do, uh, light a candle and take a bath. (laughs) Because I guess everybody has gas, hot water, heaters up there? That's probably I guess thing. so. I don't know. Um, I expected, like, when she started taking off the robe, I was like, oh, man, they're going to do, like, the super, like, sexy thing. But instead, it's just like, oh, I'm going to take off the robe like a normal person. Uh, but she spots something weird. Uh, and it causes her to run over to Mulder's room where she also has to take off a robe. And she's like, look at my back. And um, he like drops down and gets super close to her back where he sees two of these weird spots. And of course, she's all freaked out because everybody so far that we've seen that have these two spots are either dead or ex- in extremely impaired circumstances. Uh, but no, it's just mosquito bites. Um, and she's so like relieved to hear this that she turns around and hugs him and then mm-hmm. immediately like gains control of herself, right? Like presents herself as like the coolest, smart, distant FBI agent that she has presented herself to be this whole time. Um, yeah. I don't remember. Obviously like, will they, won't they between scholar moldy was molder was a huge thing or was a huge thing during the series. I don't remember if they ever commit to it or if they like really, really tease it during the show. I, I will say like for me personally, i presented as in this first episode i like them as colleagues more than i like them as romantic partners right now and maybe mm-hmm. that'll change over maybe this will be another situation where we're like what's shipping and turn out to be like major destiel fans but and right. th- for now I, I i i the implied like it's not even really implied but i feel like they're trying to like hint at like there could be a romantic attraction between the two of them and i just i just prefer them to be colleagues
1: i think they're all just sort of they're just they're putting everything on the table i know that chris carter had said that he believes that the romantic couple, the will they won't they about by, by having them get together too soon will ruin your show so i think it's always just sort of like a maybe a question mark in in the the back of people's heads and maybe that's why it, it was so popular it was because like they would hint at it every once in a while but then for the rest of the time it's like they just have this really great relationship as as colleagues but i think any great relationship on tv people watch it and they go but what if they loved each other? What if it was more? You know, and I think that's just natural. I've come to understand that's just very natural to to see when you love two characters on screen. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, this, this scene definitely just seems like they just wanted to, to just put the idea out there, just mm-hmm. put just putting the idea out there a little bit. But then they don't do anything big with it. I don't I think even, it's still very.
0: I don't even think like if you look at the two actors, I don't think that there's like much like there's not. It doesn't feel like there's much of a spark between them. Um, I, f- I feel like this was the first big thing that either one of them were involved in. I know they were both had. A history of doing movies and TV shows before this, but this was the first thing that like brought them to probably like thirteen-year-olds in Louisiana's attention. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I just I feel like this is. It, it, as good as they both are uh they, they both play it as colleagues throughout all of this so yeah it's interesting thing about it. i think it's an interesting thing to talk about as we move through the show right like i feel like it's going to be uh kind of interesting to watch and see how that that progresses um yeah this this ends up with uh Mulder. i think
1: what this scene really really what it did is it allows them both to let their guard down because yes. it's this vulnerable mm-hmm. moment It's more vulnerable for Scully, obviously, but I think Mulder having to take that moment to drop everything and just reassure her no, 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 no. you're okay. You're okay. He knows she's getting caught up in all of this and he knows that it's a lot. And I think that it it lets them both let their guard down. So then they have this conversation.
0: Yep. Uh, And which is great. So that, uh, because what happens is Mulder gets her a blanket, she relaxes on the bed, um, and he sits on the bed and tells her kind of his origin story. So, when he was 12 years old and his sister was eight, when she just absolutely disappeared, Um, the fallout from that was devastating to his family. With no actual facts about what could have happened, they had no hope of her ever returning. Uh, It tore apart his family. He eventually left to go to school in England, uh, got recruited by the FBI, and was so successful that he was given the leeway to kind of pursue his own projects, which is how he came to find the X Files. And when he read this and when he started reading about the unknown and the paranormal and the occult and all of this other stuff. He was fascinated by it. Um, And he realized very quickly though that there was material, classified material, that he wasn't able to get his hands on. And he specifically says that somebody out there is preventing me from doing so. And the only reason that I have the position that I have now is because I have contacts in Congress. Um, In my head as a but if you would ask me this, if if I'd heard this line like a year ago, I'd been like contacts in Congress, like you know a fucking congressman. <laughs> um, but a weird thing that happened to me recently, where uh, I happened to like have met in my professional life like a couple of state representatives, and they're just like normal people, and so I'm like, oh. So Molly just like has a guy, (laughs) like it's just a phone call. Mulder just knows a guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like I had a competitor call like a senator to try to like get me out of something. Like I had, I had, I had like the government called on me for something, and I'm like, oh, so you just have a guy? Um, So I really like the idea that he has Mulder's got guys. Mulder's got guys in Congress. Um,
1: I just was curious, so I just looked it up. Mulder's 31 in season one, and uh, currently is 29.
0: Okay. So that, that, that makes sense, given the, the amount yeah. of education and, and experience that they have. Because um, I was just
1: thinking, like, well, yeah, he's, he's accomplished so much. Like, how, what is it, how old is he?
0: Yeah. Um, he finishes this with saying that, like, all of these people are now trying to discredit him as opposed to just directly take him away from it. Um, and that Scully is part of that agenda because that's what she's been basically hired to do. And yeah. she insists, like, oh, I'm not really part of any agenda. Um, and then he leans in. And he's like, let me tell you about my work with Dr. Verber. He's been hypnotizing me and using like past life regression to bring me back to the night my sister passed away or sister disappeared. And I remember seeing a a bright light. I was frozen. I didn't able to move. Uh, he believes the government is somehow tied up in his sister's disappearance and is hiding that information from him. Um, and he's this experience, this this corpse that they found and this you know possible it, extraterrestrial influence on this group of children is the closest he's ever been to finding out any more information. Um, and that's going to be our, our, our spoilers on this show are going to be a little weird because Chris and I both haven't actually like finished anything. So like, but at, at the same time, I think everybody knows like, Oh, this is the X files. Like he's looking for his sister. Like this is going mm-hmm. to be the thing that pulls him through most of the story for, 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 for all time. Right. Like this is going to go on for a long time.
1: Yeah. Um, And this is the first time that we are seeing him kind of lose his cool a little bit. Not that he's like emotional, but um, just as the same as he's kind of let his guard down to tell this story. You see that there is a there's a lot more passion behind this. He's he's dropped that cool guy act and he's just speaking from the heart. So, you know, whatever ridiculous rabbit hole he might be taking them down on any given episode. This is the heart of it. There is a there's there's a passion and like a real um need for answers at at the heart of all of this he's not just like um interested in like um you know uh, a studious way like it's not a it's not a thought experiment for him he's not just trying to find the secrets of the universe because it interests him it's you know this is the human heart beating at the center uh, uh, of all of this for him
0: absolutely um just then to interrupt all of this uh introspective and passionate Outpour is a phone call uh, with someone who won't identify themselves saying that Peggy is dead. Peggy being the woman that was at the psychiatric hospital. Um, They drive to the crime scene and it turns out that Peggy, who we've only seen in a wheelchair, ran into the road on foot in front of this truck driver. Um, And Scully is, you know, analyzing the body, taking a look at the body and realizing that her watch stopped at 9.03, exactly the same time that they had their kind of lost time experience. Um yeah. a lot of stuff starts to happen very quickly from here. Mulder gets another phone call. Turns out someone broke into the lab, stole all their research, stole the body. Uh as they go back to their hotel room, they, they arrive to find the hotel rooms are on fire with all of the x-rays and all of the pictures. Um Every, all of the evidence that they have collected is gone and of course you know sc- both of these people are re- reacting exactly the way that you might imagine of just like oh my God what what the hell is happening who is mm-hmm. after us <laughs> you know uh,
1: what better confirmation that you're kind of on the right track than to have all of the evidence <laughs> destroyed
0: exactly yeah <clears throat> that's how you know you do a good podcast when people call in to complain about your um right, right. <laughs> but, yeah that works quote the unquote same wokeness way. same thing um. uh, <laughs> as they watch all this stuff burn Teresa Neman appears uh, we saw Teresa very early on in the episode. Uh, yeah,
1: she's the medical examiner's daughter. Uh, correct.
0: Um, they, she's obviously distraught, asking for protection. They take her to a diner where she's just. She says that she has the barks. She's worried that she's gonna. Um, she's gonna be killed, just like all of her classmates. She finds herself from time to time just in the woods with no memories on how to be there, um, and as she's, as she's kind of relaying all this information, they realize that both detective miles and Dr. Neman know something about this. Uh, and her nose begins to bleed. Uh, and then yeah. those two walk in and are like, we're getting my daughter and we're getting the fuck out of here. Um, and they, yeah. they put her in the truck and leave. And this is when Scully, um, kind of against her character that we've seen so far begins to be very passionate and says like, they know what's happening. They're covering it up. Like they can't, like like they, they're destroying all of this evidence. They're hiding all of this stuff from us. There's crimes happening here and we have to solve them and they're preventing us from doing so, which again the whole the FBI's whole thing is solving crimes that the locals can't solve, right? I mean that's not their whole yeah. thing. Um I think there's like some fucking money stuff in there somewhere, but for our purposes, <laughs> they're solving <Right>. crimes. <laughs> that's what they're here to do. Yeah, and, yeah. and uh,
1: she the injustice is is like lighting a fire 100%, underneath her. Yes. Um, and yeah, it's sort of a break from character. And I think it's that same thing. They both had this, this vulnerable moment together where they let their guard down and now it's like their emotions are coming out. And, um, I think it's, it's such an interesting examination of these two in just this first pilot episode. We're introduced to them a certain way and they're already showing us different sides of these characters. And I, it's, I think it's a, this is a very well done pilot.
0: Absolutely, yeah. This is this is allowing us to see a bunch of different sides of our characters, right? Like, and yeah. also presenting us with the the main like overall series hook and a great like kind of monster of the week situation too. Um, they decide like, oh, we need to go check out these other two bodies. But, um, yeah, they had
1: those other two, uh, or or the the corpse that they had exhumed previously might have been stolen or destroyed, but we have two other graves we can go dig up.
0: <laughs> they and they arrive at the graveyard uh, to find that the graves are already dug up and empty. Uh, and mm-hmm. Mulder presents his theory that this was Billy Miles somehow controlling the whole thing. Um, this is like the third time that they refer to him as a vegetable, which is a bummer. Um, but Scully is basically saying like How could how could that possibly be true? He's in a waking coma, and he's like, Oh, I think something is controlling time, and something took over these kids and are luring them into the, the into the woods to do some sort of test on them. Um, and she tells them about. She tells Molly, Molly, Jesus Christ, Mulder, about Peggy's watch, about it be going being broken at the same time as they lost time, and he that, to him that confirms his theory that this there's some entity in the forest controlling these kids, making them do these tests, and Scully begins to almost like scream and cry with laughter at the same time.
1: Um, yeah, it's like she's just like I. She's given up completely on trying to even make sense of any of this. It's just like. It's it's an interesting moment for her.
0: and this it goes back to the moment that they had in Mulder's office right where he said you know if you eliminate all possible scientific reasons for something like we have to rely on the fantastic and that's what she's seeing at this moment like all of this stuff is happening and it seems fantastic but it also seems to be the only explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, they go see Billy Miles in the hospital. Uh, the nurse there says that he hasn't. He's never. He never moves. Um, he hasn't moved in a long time. She's the one that sees after him. Scully looks at Billy's feet though and finds um, a sample of the dirt that um, she found in the woods that night. Which of course was burnt up, so they don't actually have that anymore. So uh, they, as they're leaving the hospital, Molly says. I said Molly again. What the fuck? I even wrote Molly. That's how bad it'll take. It'll take a little time. It'll take a little time. Mulder says to her, "Like, are you sure that you want to write this in your report? Like, it's okay." I I thought this was really interesting. Me too. Yeah. Um, Like, it's okay for me to say this stuff. I'm already known as a crazy person. Do you want to do more research? Do you want to have more evidence before you write this in your report and turn it in? And she's like, "You know what? I do. Let's go to the woods."
1: I like that he like he's like, check yourself. like Do you really want to throw away your reputation just because you're caught up in the moment with me? Just because you're caught up in my theory? Um, and yeah, and I think it's, it's... Again, it's this respect for each other here where it's like, okay, all right. Because she's already come over to his side. So now he's doing her the benefit of the doubt of, okay, well, let me come over to your side. I'm happy that you are on the same page with me, but also you have to understand the way that people look at me and the things that I say. And I don't want you to ruin your reputation because of me. Exactly. So you like, need to stick yeah. to to what is true to you and she's like okay you're right yeah.
0: So uh they go into the forest. Uh the detective's truck is already there. They hear screams in the woods. Um they run into the forest. Scully and Mulder are both like separated pretty quickly. The detective shows up and threatens Scully with a gun. Uh, Mulder gets closer to the screen and screaming and the detective shows up and pulls the gun on him as well. And uh, that's when Mulder realizes like, Oh, y- you've known this was your son. Like you've been covering this up the entire time. Um, but you know, the detective demands that Mulder sit down on the gr- lay down on the ground. And then he runs off. And then we finally see Billy in the middle of the whirlwind that we saw the, in the cold open, holding Teresa, um, obviously like filled with this bright, terrible light all of these leaves are rustling around it. And as Detective Miles is like, Billy, stop. You have to stop this. And he aims the gun at his son. Mulder tackles him before he can shoot billy um and as billy turns around and lifts teresa up we see that billy also has these two dots so the idea that billy is maybe controlling this is probably out the window if he's also being you know quote-unquote tested or whatever yeah Uh, he lifts teresa up the he looks up into the sky this bright light flashes everywhere the whole area is whited out Um, and then as things start to come back into focus the wind is gone the lights are gone it's just Billy standing there. Uh, Teresa is on the ground, alive, and for the first time, we hear Billy speak. Like Billy seems normal. Uh, well, let me yeah. let me not say normal. Let me correct my language on that. Uh, he seems like able to speak, and he seems aware of his surroundings in a way that he didn't seem when he was in this quote yeah. waking coma. This, in the this part
1: of him that you know has been gone for four years has seemingly returned out of yes. nowhere.
0: Um, and Teresa also seems fine, uh, which is unusual. And neither one of them have the marks anymore. So what the fuck is going on, Chris? I don't know what is (laughs) Uh, happening right now. I think we're going
1: to have to get used to saying what the fuck is going on a lot. Um, But Billy explains this a little bit more after the fact. We'll get to it in a second here. Uh, But yeah, the marks are gone. Scully is like, what the hell happened? She only saw the light, but she wasn't up close enough to see anything else that took place. Uh, And Mulder just tells her that it was incredible. Um, and I think she's still kind of getting wrapped up in all of this, um, which we'll, we'll come back to in a minute. But we cut over to Billy. He's being interviewed about the light, about everything that happened. And he explains that him and his friends were at a party to celebrate graduation. This was four years ago. Um, and the light came and it took him away to, to do tests on him. And then it gave him orders to gather the others, his friends who were at this party, to gather them up for more tests on all of them. They put something in Billy's head uh, and they said, you know, hey, wait, wait for your orders. And then he goes on to explain that something went wrong. The tests didn't work and they wanted everything destroyed i think the aliens in this if i'm interpreting this right the aliens wanted the the evidence of all their tests destroyed whether that means that they were going to uh take the victims back up and remove the metal rod or whatever that was in their nose and then bring them back but they just kept dying every time it happened or if their intention was just to kill them and just dispose of them whatever um but yes that's that's that is what he says happened here Uh, and he is still afraid that they are going to come back
0: so all of this is super interesting, right? Like, because it kind of, and as all of this is happening, as Billy is making these confession, he's in this, you know, interrogation room uh, with Mulder and with another man. On the other side of the reflective mirror is the division chief is also the smoking man who leans over and like whispers something in the chief's ear in front of Mulder. It's in front of Scully, uh, who is who is all, everybody is watching this. Um, and they're, you know, on the outside looking in, you're like, well, this all sounds extremely reasonable. <laughs> like this seems like yeah. obviously far fetched, but like it, ex- it explains the things that happened in this situation. Um, but you know, there's so many questions that you have here, which is like, why did they change their mind? It's like, if they wanted to clean up, clean up everything, why did they allow Billy and Teresa to live? Um, if they're removing the metal rod, like is that why Teresa's nose started bleeding in the diner? Or was that because she still had the metal rod in her in her in her head? Like, mm. what what really caused that? What caused the bodies to morph into alien looking creatures like what changed the the physiology of these of these corpses or why did, were
1: these kids hanging out with an orangutan why were they
0: hanging out with an orangutan it's not a burt reynolds movie of the 1970s yeah. like you can just not it's do the one that. mystery that no one
1: explained he cut, uh, could do a flashback to the party until these teenagers drink a beer in the woods and then just one orangutan with a sideways hat also drinking a beer
0: i um so i, I love the fact that they just exp- like we, they allow this dude to just like lay it all out um because it, it adds so much to the mystery, right?
1: Yeah. Because he's immediately just sort of like not believed and dismissed, and then the, you know, the powers that be dismiss this story. And then as Scully gives her reports, she's dismissed as well. So you're just left as the viewer, you want more. You want answers. You're like, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Did something really happen there? Like, what's going on? You can't just sweep this all under the rug. Uh, and that's exactly what this episode is doing, which I again, it's it's such great setup. I love to an extent, being able to wonder and to ask why and to, to have more questions and to want to know more. Well, as soon as you get all the answers, sometimes it kind of takes away from the fun of it. Um, and that's what a lot of these episodes do a very good job of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the, something that's going to be fun in this podcast for both of us is the theory crafting that we're going to do about how it all ties in together. Um, and it probably like we're we'll probably come up with ideas that are much better than what the show absolutely you know ends up doing eventually (laughs) we're going to have a lot more fun doing that than we will actually getting the answers and that's that's part of the fun about it like i think that's that was part of the fun about watching lost episode to episode and i think that's going to be part of the fun we're doing this podcast where we don't absolutely know what happens with any of this stuff um we have, we have a few more scenes that we got to get through. Uh, Scully is called back into the division chief's office and is basically like kind of challenged and like nothing in your report has any evidence based yeah, around Yeah, they it. don't like, go as
1: far as to like ridicule her, but it's very much like this report is basically like...
0: Nothing. None of this is credible, uh, and the boss points out like something that I think is a valid point, which is like, how would you prosecute any of these supposed crimes? Like, you don't have yeah. any evidence. You don't have any physical evidence linking any of these deaths to any one person or orangutan. Like, we don't know anything. You mentioned orangutan right. seventeen times in this report, but as far as I can tell, there wasn't one single orangutan in this small orangutan town <laughs> of Bill. She's just like, listen,
1: I may have been getting a little confused <laughs> in my notes,
0: <laughs> um, but. Scully did hold out one thing um, and she brings it out of her pocket and it's the metal tube that they removed from Ray's body. Uh, She had this in her pocket when they left. So it wasn't burned down in the hotel room and it wasn't stolen away from the lab. Um, And they ask her finally, as she turns over this piece of evidence, it says, well, what about agent Mulder? And what does he believe? And he says, and she says, he believes that we are not alone. And with that, she, she walks out, uh, and this time, she passes the smoking man in the hallway and watches him like go into this this office without knocking. And she seems suspicious. And I'm like, "Girl, you you've seen him in every single office that you've been in, yeah. in this or in this building. Like, I just assumed that you knew who he was because. But then it made me think, like, how crazy are they going? Is he invisible? Is <laughs> this the first time that he's, yeah. she's actually <laughs> seen him? But I don't know. I'm probably getting a little too crazy for my own Good on that one.
1: Um, I think that Scully had, um an unshakable trust in the institution. And I think, you know, this is a, a, the FBI is something that she has worked hard to be a part of. And she is a woman of science. She's incredibly logical and intelligent. And she respects this, again, this institution and the people that she works for. And this is the first time that something has challenged that respect, I think. Yeah. And so when she looks back over at the smoking man, I kind of just think of it as, her second guessing everything. And and she did know to save that last piece of evidence and she say, ha, well, gotcha on this one, but she still gives it to them. She doesn't have the, the suspicion yet to withhold it from them or to, you know, take it directly to somebody else. You know, like I think Mulder would, I think Mulder would not hand over something crucial like that because she still believes in the institution and she, she's not fully convinced of Mulder's conspiracy theories yet. Um, but I yeah, just I think all of this is interesting. I think every interaction in this pilot is very strong.
0: Yeah, this is this is all very very good. Um, and we have one final scene, or excuse me, two final scenes where she's kind of laying awake at night, unable to go to sleep, and Moulder calls. Uh, Everything that they've done has been erased. There's no casework, no case file, no paperwork. Everything they filed is gone. And he's like, we got to get together to talk. And she's like, sure, let's do that tomorrow. Uh, So that's one way of like, okay, well, somebody is obviously interfering. Boulder is right. Mm -hmm. He may not be right that there's aliens. Like Scully, I'm kind of talking from Scully's perspective. Like he may not be believing in aliens may be too much of a stretch, but somebody is interfering in his work, which makes me think that it could be true, which again ties back into that like I shaking my view of this um, otherwise you know pristine establishment in America. although mm-hmm. if anybody does any research on the FBI you're like those guys are pr- right Kind of right. right. well, in, fi- <laughs> in in the
1: fiction of, of in the, the fiction X-Files. of the universe <laughs> yeah, we don't have
0: to get into actual stuff but whatever um, And then finally there's this scene where the smoking man, uh, he walks through this warehouse uh, And he finds a specific shelf He brings out this like clear plastic box And he drops the vial With the metal rod in it um, And in that same clear plastic box Are four or five other vials That are numbered differently uh, And he sticks, it in the, he sticks it back on the shelf He walks out He closes the door to lock it And it's revealed that they are in the center of the pentagon Arguably the, the one that is, has all of the most secrets as, mm-hmm. I, as I believed when I was a child, all of the secrets are in the center of the Pentagon, because that makes right, sense. Of yeah, it just makes sense, just logical at that point. Um, which, and this is a hell of a, like, come back, come back next week and find out more, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just this idea of this dude just walking through, and, and we've seen this idea a bunch. Indiana Jones has done this, um, just, like, all of these, like, the government holding secrets thing, I think is really, really good, so yeah and
1: yeah overall it's like this episode could have made like a great novel you know like it's introduces us to the characters we get into the small town we pursue this story and it, yes it's left with a question mark at the end um but it's such i just i'm really impressed with how strong this pilot episode is
0: me too and to have you know so many orangutans on set for our pilot episode i think is really yeah. really the most impressive thing it's very good especially
1: since i don't think they feature very
0: heavily in the rest of the series no not, not a lot that is just this one episode it's really weird. Um yeah this is this was extremely good. I'm very, very happy that this show is seems like it's going to hold up very well. Uh, I think it's going to be very, very fun to to go through these episodes week by week. and I'm pretty excited to do it with you Chris hell yeah
1: right there with you
0: we uh we got kind of distracted so we didn't actually say the description of the episode or the title the title is this pilot uh but i would do want to mention that this was originally written by chris carter who was the creator of the show and then directed by robert mandel and it aired on september 10th 1993 in future episodes don't worry i'll say that at the beginning of the episode uh it's notable that it's written by chris carter because again he created this whole thing this is his idea Mm -hmm. uh we are not the podcast that's going to delve like really into the mechanics of the show. There's other Xbox podcasts that are extremely good. They do a lot of that work. I think they've even had like guest appearances from people on the show. And Chris Carter has been on there to talk about creating it and things like that. Uh, But I, we are going to pull some of that in. So on from episode to episode, I'm I'm definitely going to be looking for, for fun facts about the show. Um, And yeah, that's really about all we got for this week. I think Chris
1: Yeah, uh, thanks for checking us out if this is the first time you've ever heard us. And thanks for returning if you've listened to our other shows. And uh, we'll be back next week.
0: We'll be back next week with more non-human biologics.
1: I'm not recording my audio either, so good luck with this one. <laughs> Since we're at the beginning of a new set of outtakes for a new podcast, I guess we have to say, for people who've never listened to this before, Jeremy and I just talk for like 35 <laughs> minutes before we start talking about whatever our show is. Uh, we usually talk about our lives, uh-huh, typically uh-huh. video games, because you know... Um, so that's if you just finished listening to a podcast about the X-Files and you're here now thinking, why what the is there heck is 45 going on? <laughs> minutes
0: left of audio in this podcast? <laughs> well, here
1: that's because it's just a conversation. So stick around if you want.
0: If not, that's your problem. Okay. I think it's gotten better in the early days of Monster of the Week. Um, we would hide jokes about the podcast inside the outtake. So you'd mm-hmm. have to listen to like 30 minutes of Ico speed running chat to get to like a precious Monster of the Week like wolf fucking joke. And yeah. that would and that would make the whole like first hour and a half of the podcast make sense as soon as you heard the wolf fucking joke for the first time, <laughs> yeah. um, but we've we've gotten better about that. We don't often like mm-hmm. i come up with the with the bits inside the outtakes nowadays now because
1: it's like even if you listen to you listen to the whole podcast then you listen to the entire outtakes and now you're like oh okay i get the joke but like well you didn't get it 45 minutes ago when we <laughs> yeah. made the joke and so that's just like that doesn't make any sense why would we, why would you we do that yeah it it's in order make... for us chronologically but not for the listener
0: so it's just it doesn't make any sense for us to do that it doesn't at all it absolutely does not how Have you been, Chris? We haven't recorded with each other.
1: In... We haven't recorded in quite a while. Um, you know, it's. It, it, I think I missed recording. I think when I get really busy with work, and work has been the worst it's ever been for me in the last couple months. Um, I think it makes it when you, when I'm busy, it makes it hard to be like, oh, now I got to go get on the microphone and like talk. But I think I've I very much missed it. I think it's like a catharsis to be able to just like goof around for an hour and a half after work. Um, so I've 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 missed recording. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well I've also missed recording Uh, I think it's been right at like two and a half weeks or so
1: Um, we're acting like it's been like two months
0: yeah it it will it will have been two weeks yeah (laughs) for the for the listeners out there uh, because let's see this week we're recording this in early September this probably won't come out until uh, middle October late October Um, so for the listeners we've got let's see one episode coming out this week another episode coming out next week uh, it'll it'll have been a month since they've heard us. We're, we're going okay. right. to take a All while right. off. Yeah. So it's, it does seem like it's been a long time because it, it it will have been a long time because the English language is great about recording podcasts. So anyway, of uh, uh, um, I've also missed recording was my point. Yeah. I think, um, I don't, I don't like I think because we do it just about every single week if not twice a week that it becomes mm-hmm. such a such a rhythm to my life that like it's yeah. it's very much like that thing when you travel out of town and you realize like you look around and you like something's missing it's like oh yeah like it's the pillows are different right like it's yeah. the bed that's different something something is I've different in my life I've been saying this
1: my pillows have been different and by pillows I mean, recording with Jeremy. <laughs> yes, you're your absolute pillow. I'm That's missing I mean. my pillows.
0: I'm going to get you that for your birthday this year. I'm going to get you a pillow, uh, one of those body pillows with just my perfect cartoon body drama. You,
1: on you, it. you, I to say, you want an
0: anime body. Yeah, absolutely. But anime J is what you're going to be snuggling up to. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. Everybody loves Anime J. It's been also, I think the other other reason I miss t- recording with you is because uh, you're the only person I can talk to video games about and, and like yeah. with, with my voice. Um, I can talk to anybody right. with my with my words with my text, uh, but with my voice, it's very rare that I get to talk about video games with anybody. Mm-hmm. And there's been, Chris, I don't know if you know this, a lot of video games lately. Games have been huge. Games I think the last time lately. that we
1: really spent a lot of time talking about games was Final Fantasy sixteen, which was like months ago at this point. Mm-hmm. And by the time this comes out, even the games we're playing now will be months old. Yep. But it has been uh, it's been intense. Obviously, the hot ticket item for you and I has been Armored Core Six.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, i finished it last night Ooh. and if i finished i mean i just finished my first playthrough and it's definitely a game that encourages a new game plus you carry everything over it's like waste no time just like let's get you back into it and um i loved it it was it was incredibly fun this is i i mean i will have to give it time to see how i uh, i feel about it but this is like a high ranking from soft game for me i have very little history with this series i played armored Core Two a couple months ago or whenever they announced this i went back i got the ps2 copy of it to play it a little bit didn't get too into it i played one of the other ones on playstation 2 when i was a teenager maybe mm-hmm. never never super into the series um but this just that first mission you fight the tutorial boss and it's pretty tough um i had a lot of fun with that it really like helped me figure out how to play the game and then i remember thinking over the next two or three missions oh this game is uh this game's kind of boring Outside of boss battles, which I was totally wrong about, because as I was just saying, it's incredibly fun. I think it just t- it gives you a minute to kind of like get into the groove of it. Um, but it was the type of game where even I'm even doing it now. Like I'm not playing it, and my my brain and my like fingers are imagining like firing oh, off yeah. all the missiles and like mm-hmm. doing all the, like the actions of the video game. Uh, it, it's it's just it's stuck into my brain in that way, um, and it's stuck in my brain in a way where. I was fighting a particular boss and getting frustrated and, and and kind of knowing that everybody's getting stuck on this and this is the skill check boss. You have to beat this if you want to be able to play the rest of the game. Um, but instead of... Really going further into frustration or having to like take a break and, and walk away or anything, I just kept felt myself getting like more like excited, like more mm-hmm. like amped up because I'm like, wait, all right, I'm figuring this out, I'm figuring this out. Which I I guess after practically 15 years of of playing the modern FromSoft model, we're just used to it now, like where we can hang with it a little bit better. Um, but man, yeah, I was just a, it was just a blast. I did not know how I would feel about this game. I'm not super into like. Stats and like, I mean, the mech building aspect of it seemed like it would be really intimidating, but it's not. I feel like it's really approachable. It's just like what kind of booms and slashes and shots do you want to take? Like, it's how do you how fast do you want to be able to jump? How much uh, armor do you want to wear? Like, it's so it's so intuitive that it's just been really really approachable and extremely fun.
0: It feels like, because I did the same thing when they announced this game. I was like, okay, it's finally time. I've heard about these games like the entire time I've been around Souls fans. Uh, let me get into this. So like I downloaded some ROMs and started emulating. And like... Almost immediately, you're like, "Yeah, there's something here, right? Like, there's mm. something that's that's pretty good." Although I said this in the chat recently, um, but uh, and I'll hold, I'll stick to this. Like, it felt way ab- ahead of its time in terms of controls. Like, it's just like it it needs that second stick so bad. Like yeah. it, You yeah. just, it's. I mean, using the R two and the R one to look up and down and everything. Like, it was. It's a really difficult game just to control, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's really funny that uh, there are like from software is known in their early days for armored core, which is like giant mech games. And then shadow tower, which is like explore fantasy world kind of games. And they have the exact same control schemes. Like it's, it's bonkers the way it works. Uh, But, like, so I bounced off of them pretty hard. Like, I played a few missions of, like, each one that I could emulate and was like, okay, you know what? I see the attraction here. I'm just going to wait till the modern version of this comes out Mm -hmm. because I bet the modern version of this is going to be so much my jam it's ridiculous. And absolutely right. Like, I am – Fully sucked in. I'm at the end of chapter three. I was just fighting the chapter three boss, having like the 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 coolest and baddest time of my life. Like I'm just having the most fun. Um, All of the missions and stuff. Like there's a couple of missions at the beginning, like you said, where you're like, "Oh, that's it. Like that's that's the mission. Uh, That's all I had to do." Yeah, yeah. That seems weird. Uh, And then as you play more and more the game just grabs you and holds on tight and doesn't let you go and I'm, so, I'm f- so fully wrapped up into the story right now like I love all of the personalities that are coming up and getting to read all of the stuff in the arena fights like reading all of the little like little tidbits of information you get for the yeah. pilots and then being able to like meet those characters in the game at the same time and know a little history about them is fascinating um, I had a situation today where I beat somebody in the arena and then was given a mission to go kill that guy <laughs> so yeah. that was that yeah. was really fun uh, and, and like you said, like all of the stat stuff is really interesting, right? like the I didn't this is the part of the game that I didn't think that I would like it at all. and I find myself just endlessly fiddling with stuff I like, oh, mm-hmm. this generator Did, i gives- fiddled between <clears throat>
1: every every mission, and I like repainted myself constantly oh, which my I God. didn't expect yes. to
0: just be in those menus, but uh, I, I started making some some decals and some things like that, and uh, I, you can just fall off into it, dude. If you go online, I, I mean, you can find every, like you know everybody is making everything for this thing. Like you can have literally anything on your mech that you want to, and it's it's just so much fun. Like I, it feels so much like a modern video game like from the ps2 era it's ridiculous like the mission-based structure it's my favorite
1: type of video game is a is a modern version of a ps2 yeah. game. like it's it's
0: it's very much that and I, I really really like it like uh i can i've seen people bounce off of it because i think the the first two bosses uh the, the tutorial boss and then like the first chapter one boss the tutorial boss is is kind of mean just because it's trying to teach you something that it doesn't specifically say to you yeah uh and then they equip you with maybe like with arguably the worst fucking parts in the game. Like, I mm-hmm. went back to because you can replay the missions um, and earn like a, a rating on them and get extra money. And I went back and redid that one. And I'm like, I'm about to fucking smoke this dude because I've got all my cool <laughs> shit. And yeah. that's one mission they do not let you do uh, with your current uh, loadout. You have to use that that loadout, which I find fascinating. It's, but...
1: it's probably trivial if you are able to I'm sure. change your loadout.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then the ma- first major boss, the chapter one boss, is so intense and it's so over the top and it's just so frantic and and great that like I and I I still find myself talking to people online and being like oh yeah this this person equipped like the giant fucking tank treads and giant weapons and just staggered them, staggered the dude to death. And I was like, well, I, I equipped like the skinniest, like fastest legs I could with a super mm-hmm. fast booster and dodged all around and just literally like ran through his shield and used my sword to fuck him up. I had no ammo at the end of that fight. I was, I was sword yeah. only at the That's end. That's how of that I fight. always am. That's, yeah. yeah. I, um,
1: mm-hmm. I think that I, ha- I, I thought I had a really easy time of the game because I, I, you know, I struggled on that chapter one boss. I think the chapter two boss, right? Like the, the, um, Spider thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I struggled a lot on that. It took me co- like two hours to beat that. Um, but other than that, I felt like I did okay. But then I'm looking at my play clock and it's like I beat it at a, a roughly 30 hours. And it just seems like the standard play time was like 20 hours for everybody. So I'm just like, what was I doing? And I think it's because I beat that chapter one boss using the sword. And so I thought this is my ticket. I'm going to use the sword all the time now, which <laughs> I did until I got to a random side mission in chapter four, I think, that I could not beat. Uh, I played it for a couple hours on Friday. Uh, Took took the weekend off and then came back Monday played it for I think another like hour and a half two hours before I finally beat it and that was only after I at last changed my build I ended up being like skinny uh, fast moving parts with some uh, like laser turrets on my shoulders so you could Mm -hmm. shoot these things up and then they would kind of snipe enemies all around you and then I just used two shotguns and that's what I used for the rest of the game until the very end Um, and thankfully didn't run into any more sticking points. But um, the, um,
0: I think the game definitely has like some OP weapons that you can find
1: pretty early. I felt like this build was pretty OP. Like you get in something's face and you shoot it with shotguns, and it's just like, the stagger Staggers, builds up so yeah. fast. Yeah. I feel
0: like the laser stuff. Like I use a, a laser rifle and a laser handgun as my two primaries, and um, all of the like uh, mobs and stuff are dead in two or three hits. And then mm-hmm. for for any kind of AC or HC fight, then I'm like I'm just using it to build up stagger. And I finally got it set up so I can have like these. Um, like, vertical plasma missiles that choose through stagger. And then once they're yes, staggered, yes. I've, I've got the giant fucking grenade launcher that just, like, deletes their health bar. It's so mm. fucking satisfying.
1: And it feels really good when you get to those moments where you not just, oh, I just read about somebody using a build online and I'm going to try that, because I have tried that and it didn't work. But when you find one on your own that you're like, hell yeah, this is how I like to play and it's kicking ass, this feels good.
0: Yeah, and the the, the idea, it's, it's weird because... um. Like in previous games, you didn't have the ability to change your loadout uh, like in between when you die, right? Like you would have to start the whole mission over. And that seems like... so counterintuitive to what they want you to do in the game and i'm so glad they included this in the game so that you can if you die and you're having trouble like okay well i'm gonna fucking remix my parts like what parts do i have that i can mm-hmm, go through and mm-hmm. like maybe i do need to be heavier or lighter or maybe i need to be faster or slower with bigger weapons or whatever that is like just to allow you to mix it up and then also like just endlessly letting you do what you want to is so fun like it feels like all of the fun stuff about dark souls builds but without like upgrades and all of this other stuff that like are so important um i can't wait i can't wait to get into pvp like i haven't done it yet but just because i'm i'm worried that i'm going to lose myself in it like i did with dark souls one but i think i'm gonna get into pvp in a big way could easily
1: see that happening Uh, i mean all the arena fights are so fun um every time i've tried to open up the pvp menu it tells me that i'm not subscribed to uh psn which i absolutely am extremely cool
0: yes thank you um
1: (laughs) But whatever, not really worried about it. Uh, yeah, excellent game. Uh, I feel like it, this was like the least hyped from soft game of modern memory because they were doing the same Souls thing over and over and over again. And this, while having some DNA of that, is its own thing. Although I, I was surprised at how similar it felt. Like I'm like, yeah, well, they put a jump in Sekiro, they put a jump in Elden Ring. Like this is kind of the same. Like it's, kind it's of the same not thing. the same. But once you've played all their games, you kind of like, yeah, I got it. <laughs>
0: The uh, the stacker mechanic, I think, is very much from Sekiro, uh, and mm-hmm. it feels very much a part and parcel of what you were doing in Sekiro. Although I will say that the the lack of defensive requirements to, to that is so much more enjoyable for me. Like, it's, yeah. in Sekiro, like, you were trading blows, and you have to be, like, on the spot with your parries to be able to, like, not get staggered yourself. And here, you also build up stagger, but it's much more easy to avoid, like, missiles than it is, like, a fucking grandpa with a sword and, and a gun. Yeah, it, it,
1: I think... That that aspect of it of it is so much more approachable, and it just feels so fun to dodge and like when you Dude, like it's it's so just fun. when you breeze by a missile that's flying by you, and like that gives you an opening to attack an enemy head on or something. Like just the little every the moment to moment of playing that video game is so much fun, Um, which is you know that's a huge win because I didn't know what to expect.
0: Yeah, me too. I, I was I was a little worried that I would like buy this as a modern day from soft fan and be like, yeah. Maybe not. Like maybe this isn't yeah. my thing. I, like I thought it would be, but um, and I've I've definitely I'm playing a lot slower for for various reasons than than most people. Uh, but I'm also like not really feeling like any rush to finish it. Like I've like I have with some other games. Um, it's kind
1: uh, of got like a good format where it's mission based, so you can just hop in, do a mission, yeah. and like turn it off, and go watch TV or whatever. You know,
0: like it's really nice because I was playing stuff like um, like I started Blasphemous Two around the same time I started um this game. I started. Armored Core 6, and Blasphemous is very much like Souls-inspired Metrovania stuff, so like I would play it for a little while, and then switch off and maybe play some Diablo with Autumn, and then maybe play some Armored Core, and then come back to Blasphemous and be like, where on the map were those spots that now I have like mm-hmm. the item that I can now get like I have the thing to ring the bell. Where are all the bells that I saw? I have no idea. It's been six hours since I played. Like I don't remember yeah. where anything was. Um, and that game is super cool, but like I just I'm gonna have to sit down and play it straight through, whereas this, like, I feel like I can pick it up and play it at any point. So Yeah.
1: It's no you're not really missing out by by yeah. taking a break. Now the other big thing that's out right now is Baldur's Gate three. And that's the type of thing where I feel like I'm like, okay, I need to be able to get to a place where I could fully devote my attention to this. Everybody loves that. And it's... I I mean, I like Forgotten Realms. I don't play d d but I've read a million of the Forgotten Realms novels when I was a, a teenager. Uh, so the idea of going to Baldur's Gate and playing one of these games... It is exciting but i bounced off every other game in the series and all of these other crpgs because i'm just not i'm not built for it but the way that everybody talks about Baldur's gate 3 makes me think okay i definitely do have to check this out
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna try it out i'm very excited about it uh th- i saw something the other day that i didn't realize which is that like when you zoom into like the town areas um it just becomes like a third person rpg like you're just walking around and talking to people oh um, That's cool. And that made me, like, infinitely more interested for some reason. Like, I was already kind of on the hook for this. Like, I just want to try it out because it feels like such a like a, like a a moment in video games or whatever. But, like, the idea that they just, like, oh, yeah. Like, we we can just, like, make the video game and, like, you don't have to, like, click to, and your dude's going to walk over. For, I don't know. I don't know what that really yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. No, I, just,
1: I know what you mean. I know what you mean.
0: It just seemed like it would be a lot smoother at that point, so... Yeah.
1: Um, oh, and the other big thing is Starfield, but I can't play that because I don't have a good PC or an Xbox.
0: <laughs> Man, I keep seeing like I, I just I had, it's Starfield is going to be a weird one. I don't think I'm going to really even try it for a while uh, because it's it's out of the box like a Bethesda game, so it's it's kind of buggy. Um, I've seen some some weird stuff happen with people um, on TikTok, uh, but also like I, the idea of like exploring space and planets is really intriguing to me. So like yeah. I, I immediately when they started talking about this stuff, I was thinking like No Man's Sky. Um, and it's very much not that like they very specifically did not make that game if you go to a planet like you are fast traveling to the to the you know ground of the planet there is not that like no man's sky like i'm gonna cruise right. around the universe scan for planets fly to the planet land on the planet explore the entire planet if i want to and then leave and there's arguments to be made of like no man's sky is mostly proc gen stuff so like is there anything interesting there versus bethesda's like oh we've created maybe some some bespoke content there or whatever but like i don't do know man like i, I keep yeah. i keep seeing things in that game and i'm just like i was right <laughs> i'm not just I'm, not, I'm glad it's for free on game pass <laughs> i need yeah i
1: need to check out some like gameplay i mean i'm not buying a console for it but when elder scroll 6 comes out i think will i buy a console for that because i loved morrowind and then oblivion came out and i adored that game and then skyrim came out and i liked it a little bit less than oblivion but i still really liked it fallout 3 was also before skyrim which i enjoyed but i didn't like it as much as oblivion um and then fallout 4 came out and i did not like that at all and it just like over time i've liked the games less and less and less um from bethesda so i don't know i don't know what to say
0: we'll yeah. see we'll see uh i'm you know video games are back my man like they never video really games left are back. hey hey gamers we're back 2023 video games are absolutely back do you want to talk about some little green man I'm melting, so let's do it. Let's let's absolutely do it. I've got an intro like, plan.
1: I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, let's let's do it quick because I'm real sweaty over here. But I just got caught up. It's been so long. It's, it's been, been two and a half
0: weeks apparently. Two and a whole a whole half of a month. A before. whole six
1: months. <laughs> do mm. you have an intro? Is that what you're saying?
0: I did. Yeah, I do. Oh, okay, okay. I'm gonna try it. I might fuck it up in the middle. NHB. NHB, buddy.